Yeah. Well, you, you go, John. All right, I'm John, and this is Jeff again. Uh, this will be the fourth edition, the fourth, the fourth time we've sat down and done this, and we're calling this the other side of the pulpit. I called it the other side of the cross last week, uh, but we we're kind of going off uh, going off some things that's going in, going on in churches today, and how far we've got away from the Word, and what the Word says, what what God says about the Word. And uh, we came across a word. I came across a guy talking uh, about something. He came up with the word perish. And this is kind of where we got off on where we're at right now. Uh, Jeff and I were just sitting here talking about uh, death and hell and, and who's, who's cast in the lake of fire. And, and I just flat asked him, I said, well, look, does that mean that this guy was partially right when he said that the word perish, when, when a, a, a non-Christian dies and is cast into hell, does he perish? Does he cease to exist? So we went over the definition of perish last week. Uh, I, we went to Strong's Concordance, and the, uh, the number, if you want to look it up, uh, is 622 in Strong's in the Greek Dictionary. Uh, but the point was just brought up, well, what was the scripture there, Jeff? It was uh, uh, Revelation 2014, death and hell... Death and Hades were were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death of the lake of fire. Um, and if you go to 13, it, it says, And the sea gave up the dead who were in it. Death and Hades gave up the, the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one of them, according to what they had done. Then verse 14, Death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. So, so death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. Right. Where they're going to be eternally punished forever, right? Right. All right, so Satan is going to be in that same lake of fire being punished with them, right? right? If, you, if you look back at verse 10, it says, And the devil who had deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and sulfur where the beast and the false prophet were, and they will be tormented day and night forever, forever. and ever. So, so you got the devil, you got the beast, and you got the false prophet in the lake of fire being tormented forever. Right. But the question that I brought up, the question that came across my mind, was does that mean that the souls that died without Christ are also in that same lake of fire perishing forever, which is what this guy was saying. And, and we're not out to, to we're not we're not out to, to, to counter this guy or to count or to, to say he's right or wrong. What I want to find out is when a soul dies without Christ, does that soul live on in eternal punishment forever? I believe the soul does. I believe because Jesus conquered death and hell. And if you if you go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, this says um, it says uh, there's celestial bodies and there's there's earthly bodies and celestial bodies, and uh, you lose, and and uh, we may all be changed in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet, and, and it says uh, in their death where is thy sting, uh, and and it talks about Jesus dying on the cross defeated that enemy of death. Um, so as Christians, when you receive Christ, you receive Christ to live for eternity in heaven so if you don't receive christ those eternal sins that you have 
and we know we know eternal sin a sin is eternal because it happened you know um, Adam and Eve this was way before I was born and way before you were born even though you're almost as old as dirt you're not quite as old as dirt because can't be older than dirt because Adam came from dirt so Adam's as old as dirt and you're not far behind him but in the garden they sinned and it is a it, and, and here it is what 6,000 plus years later that sin is still there it still happened that day the 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 sin against God you can't unsin that's because Adam disobeyed God so God had to judge Adam at that point and God's judgments forever so he cast him out well in the process of doing this he also clothed him mm-hmm. which reinstated Adam the spirit back to God but it left Adam the flesh still in a condemned state yes but if you and and what and we both know that in the Old Testament, all the sacrifices that were done, the blood sacrifices and the altar and all the, the, the rituals, so to speak, that the priest had to do, and um, all that was done in, a, in, in what was going to happen in the New Testament with Jesus coming and dying and being raised from the dead. Mm-hmm. And so they were looking forward oh. to what Jesus was going to do. And... In the New Testament, now we live looking back at what Jesus did. So, uh, our our now we're we we look and see he was in the spirit, covered, and physically he was he had sinned. However, he wasn't going to be truly the, the forgiveness wasn't going to truly happen until Jesus died on the cross. Right, because that day that sin forget that that death forgave all sin for all mankind for every for the who has ever lived and ever will live it was covered it was covered and it's sufficient to cover every sin not everybody will receive that forgiveness but it is sufficient for everybody yeah and so the bill was paid and so um and so now we pick up with where we were in the garden with god covering the sin now where are we from there um, the soul of those that reject like you look at in uh, Genesis chapter 4 wasn't it when uh, they had Cain and Abel yeah 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 and Cain came along and he gave the sacrifices of um, the garden and and Abel gave the sacrifices of the animal animal right why didn't why didn't God accept the the, the one for the animal I mean for the garden his the best of for the fruits he had, because he had tended that ground, and there, in the effort that he put into the ground, which is what God told Adam, you're going to get what you get out of the sweat of your brow. That's mm-hmm. out of your own effort. Mm-hmm. But yet, what Abel presented was not out of Abel's effort, because he didn't have anything to do with the animals growing. Right. So basically, what it is is the blood. The blood was what. They were doing to look forward to what they were coming in. That's right. And the garden, the vegetables that, that were given were more or less um, 
Out of the works. Out of works. So faith without works is dead, but your works will not get you there. You That's can't right. work your way into heaven. That's right. But if you become a Christian, you're going to give yourself to Christ, and therefore you're going to work for Him. That's right. So, And that's the difference between Cain and Abel. So what happened? We know that Cain slew Abel, and God had a conversation with Cain, and then He kicked him out of the garden, didn't He? He kicked him out of the garden. I mean, not out of the garden. He, 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 told, he said... Your punishment. He didn't kill him. He exiled him. He exiled him away from, and so he's no longer with him. Can you imagine that? That no, no, and having a conversation with God, him saying, "John, you're no longer going to be in my presence." Can you imagine that? I wonder what he's going to say to people that don't receive Christ. Absolutely. That's the same analogy right there. That that's going through. That's it, right? Whoa. That's that's good, isn't it? That's exactly. He's gonna look at everybody one day, and he's gonna say, "Well done, my good and faithful servant, Abel." Or depart from me, I've never known you. You work of Cain. iniquity, Cain. Exactly. And so, so that question is illustrated right here in the Old Testament. I never realized that. I never, mm-hmm. I never saw that to now. And and how we come up, just so you guys are listening out here will know how we come about this is we we started off on the word, and it kind of kind of. Uh, how how man in his <coughs> infinite wisdom yes. has, has morphed and has changed what the Word of God says to suit him and to make him think. So so we're looking at these things that have crept in uh, that 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 we've taken and tried to make God fit our pattern of what we wanted Him to be instead of it being the other way around. Which is what we were just talking about. This is what Cain and Abel did. Absolutely. Absolutely. Exactly. I mean, this is exactly the thing that just happened right there. And that was a perfect illustration of it of how we take we want to take what God said and conform it to what we're saying. And then we use what God said to back up to make everybody think that we're right. Mm-hmm. And that's proof text. Yes, that's proof text. That's proof text. <laughs> that's proof text. Which comes back to, to, to some of the things that's going on in the church nowadays of how secular humanism and, and that, that humanistic positive attitude has crept into the church and it's happened so slowly over the last 50 years or so. Uh, Jeff and I have talked a lot of times about how the church is in, is, is, let's see, the dynamics, that's what you yeah, said. The dynamics, the dynamics of the church has changed, right? Mm-hmm. It, and that's because the world has slowly seeped into the church because we've let it. Mm-hmm. We've got away from things. I mean, in this word that we were on, this word perish has just brought that out about, I mean, how things have changed. Yes. How things have changed over what we've been taught that when you, that, that when you die without Christ, you perish and you experience that perishing forever. Yes. And this guy brings it up, no, you don't. When you die, you perish. Poof. You know, it's like, you are no more. Yeah, you don't you exist. Are, it's like you don't, never existed. Which is humanism. Yes. That's that's that atheistic uh, 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 evolution. Yeah. That when you die, you just go away. Well, yeah. what purpose do you have other than that? <laughs> yeah, and if if that was the case, then then we would not have had to have a sacrifice that was eternal. Would we? that's exactly right? Because if that's, that's the case, exactly if that right. was if that was the case, we wouldn't need a eternal sacrifice but since our sins eternal and if, if we're going to spend eternity somewhere then our eternity is either in heaven or in hell the absence of God right 
Which goes back to these people that think that there are many ways to God. Yes, there are many ways to God. You, and, and when you get there, you're either going to be in one of two places. Yes. You're going to either be at the great white throne judgment, or you're going to be at the judgment seat of Christ. Right. If you're at the judgment seat of Christ, then what you're going to be judged on is not being judged. You've already been judged at that point. <laughs> that's, that's right. Yes. Because John 3.18 says what? He uh, that believeth... Geez. Is not, not condemned, condemned, but he that believeth not, not is condemned, condemned already. already. Yes. Which takes me back to Jimmy Buffett song. I used to be a big parrot head, and this this phrase come across, and I begin to really analyze and begin to really look at at, at, at the theology and the philosophy that I was following. That, and I'm not gonna name the song, but I'm gonna name the phrase. Okay. The phrase in this song, when I was in a drug induced coma one night, mm -hmm. self self drug induced coma. It came across and it said, I'd rather die while I'm living than live while I'm dead. Hmm. I'd rather die while I'm living than live while I'm dead. What does that mean to us? That, that, that Baptist teaching all of a sudden just came forward in my mind that he's saying, I would rather live for this life and this consciousness and die and go to hell, but have my own way in this life yeah. now, yeah. and live it my way now that I had to live because I don't know what's on the other side. Yeah. Basically, what he said. Right, and that's the exact opposite of what Christ said. That's God it. says in His Word, He goes, "If you lose your life, you will gain your life. You'll gain and your if life. You gain, if, if you if to gain your life here is to lose your life in heaven, and that's exactly right. So the question is, which would you rather do now? And I just I just got through doing a uh, a uh, devotion on Facebook Live um, just a few minutes before we started doing this thing, and, and the whole Facebook Live thing was uh, about the fact that that Jesus didn't complain about what all he endured until it came to the point where God turned his back on him. He goes, "Why hast thou forsaken me?" That's the only time he ever it ever he suffered. Beyond, you know, where he complained about it. Mm -hmm. Why, why mm -hmm. is that for saying? Which goes to show you that life without God is worse than anything this world can give you. It's torture. Yes, it's torture. And that torment, the eternal separation, in having a conscious knowledge. Do you think if people would not water down this stuff, that they that they would have a change of of attitude towards how they feel about God instead of watering down the the words if I'm going to cease to exist then I can live it up right here right now because then I'll just cease to exist that's right I can, I can experience everything I can experience right well the, the scripture tells us that mm -hmm. I mean they ate they drank they you know eat drink tomorrow for tomorrow you die yes you know and that's the way the, the, the people of the world are thinking John that's the way the people of the world are thinking and one thing, one reason that, 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 that I look at, that I see, is because of the philosophy that has crept slowly into the church. Mm -hmm. It's this mentality that's crept into the church. That, that when Christ died on the cross, he died, and, and we're now his children if we accept him. And as, as our Heavenly Father, then he's supposed to give us everything we want. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to phases that we've been through in church. Yeah, we're in that phase now. All right, you think about some of the phases we've been through. Okay. Okay. We've been through the hellfire and brimstone phase. 
Yeah, we have. We have, haven't we? I he, told, told somebody when I first started preaching, they go, what do you preach? I said, hellfire and brimstone. They go, who oh, you wouldn't make it at our church. Why not? We, 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 want, a, we want some sermons that are up, uplifting. I said, well, if you know Jesus as your Savior, then that hellfire and brimstone is kind of uplifting because you ain't going to live there. <laughs> which goes back to the scripture in Romans where it says that when you learn the goodness of God that that's what brings you to repentance mm-hmm. Yep. when you learn how good God is to us and, and that goodness has been translated over into material possession yes. that's not the goodness of God that's right it may be part of it it may be something that uh, that, that that is a result that it spins off of it, but that is not the goodness of God. Because I've known people that have just been just it, almost sickeningly happy and joyful in life that didn't have squat. Yeah. I oh mean, yeah. They, they didn't have anything financially. You know, they, they were riding around in their car on a you know sixty two Mercury. <laughs> with, with, with four U.S. made pop tires on their cars, you know? and they were just as tickled. They, like me and Pearl. I'm just proud to be here, you know. Yeah. Uh, why? Because they had the love of God in their heart, mm-hmm. and they had this, that peace and joy and contentment, knowing that what they had in this life was not what they were going to get. That's right. This was not their reward in this life. That's right. This is the womb of eternity we're in mm-hmm. right now. Well, you talk about the hellfire and brimstone stage that we went through, and people just flocked down front, and they came down and they made all these commitments, you know, and they burned all their books, and they took tools back to the employee at this team, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Right? Then, then the next phase, or another phase that came in, was where after they got that, then all of a sudden these pastors, or these preachers, or these people that decided that, that, that they had been called as preachers and pastors, they got in charge of these flocks or these congregations and felt like that they needed to improve these people, so they used all this fear as control of the people. Mm-hmm. You know, all the legalism. You got to, you got to do this. You got to cut your hair. You got to wear a tie to church. You got to, uh, you can't wear blue jeans. All women got to wear skirts. Uh, no makeup. Blah. You know, and it goes on and on. It just builds on itself. Well, that's still man building on the philosophy of man and man's ideas. It's mm-hmm. not turning everything back over to Christ from whence it came. Mm-hmm. Goes back to Cain and Abel, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you, you maybe you do realize that rules and, and 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 fear have been going on since you know way before us. Absolutely. Look at look at the Sabbath. God said, "Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy." Yep. He nowhere in there said, "But don't walk thirty-two, but t- you know, so many paces a day." Thirty-two paces a day. Yeah. yeah. He didn't say. And and then when they when the Pharisees confronted Jesus about healing a man on the Sabbath, they said, You're gonna heal a man on the Sabbath and Jesus said, Hey, if one of your sheep fall into a well, you're gonna go after that sheep, aren't you? Because that you know, you it's in a well. Yeah. You're gonna get it out of the well. Well he could. And that's that's their money. See, here's the thing. The the church makes following the laws of the Sabbath harder than what God intended. You'll break all those laws. You can't do this because you'll break it. I had a guy tell me, he said, you can fish in my pond any day but Sunday. You can't fish on Sunday. Why is that? Because Sundays you're supposed to keep the Sabbath holy. I said, and, and, and of course, my little sarcastic self said, you do realize that Saturday's the Sabbath, right? <laughs> and he just looked at me and 
You see what I'm saying? Like the laws we have created because of our immaturity in Christ exactly. are harder to follow than God just 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 serving God. Exactly. And that's why Jesus was such a rebel to so many people as you so to say he's not really you know, because he's like, Yeah, I'll heal on the Sabbath, it's ain't a problem. Yeah. Because I love you, I'll take care of you on the Sabbath. Yeah. And like, oh. Well did didn't they go through the fields on on the Sabbath day? Plucking the heads of grain. Yes. The Pharisees confronted him about that yes. too. And what did he come back with? Jesus said, "Look, didn't David go into the temple and eat the show bread that was not permitted for him to eat?" Mm-hmm. You know, we put too much weight on being on on being legal, like you said, versus serving and worshiping God. Right. Right. We got to do this, and we got to do this, or it's just not church. I remember when we changed here to church. We went from doing uh, announcements at the beginning of church to the end of church because we had um, we had some people that were wanting to do announcements, wanting to to add to the announcements. To we was taking fifteen twenty minutes to do announcements. Yeah, and so we decided we'd put it to end, hoping that they would not um, do that. Yeah. And they still did. They still did. But that's another story. But anyway, I'll never forget walking out of church after we said we was going to do that. And you looked at me and said, man, I've been Baptist all my life. We just don't do it that way. You know I was kidding. I know you were kidding, but you were serious in the aspect of that's the way we've run our churches. We've always done it this way. And we, and, and we don't, we don't, we're not doing it spiritually speaking. We're doing right. it. Legalistically speaking, which which goes back to what, what what actually brought us into this discussion was was whether that guy was taking his own inter- interpretation of this of word or not. Yes, and and this is what happens is we take our own interpretations. Mm-hmm. We take our own interpretations. Yes, there are many ways to God, but when you get there, you're gonna be in one or two places. Mm-hmm. You're either gonna be on his good side, or you're gonna be on his bad side. Yeah, there's only one way to get on his good side. Through the blood of Jesus. Through the blood of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And others will tell you, no, that's not so. Your good works and all. And it's like <laughs> anybody that climbs up to the sheepfold and tries to get in any other way except coming through the door is a thief and a robber. How many ways to get to God? Every way you're going to live is going to get you it's to God. It's going to get you to God. That's exactly right. It's just a matter of whether you hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. Or depart from me, you work. And there's only one way. <laughs> there's only one way. To hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. That's and right. That's through the blood of Jesus. That's through the blood of Christ. And that's that's good. I'm I like that. John. And, and you don't go through you don't go through your church programs. You don't go through uh, the 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 processes and the 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 what do you call it uh, procedures of, of mm-hmm. your denominational moniker. You don't go through that. You go through the blood of Christ. Mm-hmm. Now there are people that are sitting in, in thousands of denominational churches. Uh, I can't. I don't know. How, you know, I don't, I can't imagine a number that think that they are going to get to God through Christ by following their denominational stuff, and it's just not going to happen. Well, I go one better. There's people that think because they have been in that church, or their parents or grandparents built the church, or whatever, that Reed's Chapel was named after the Reeds, and one of the Reeds was instrumental in getting the church started and this was a church to back when when these roads were all dirt roads and and not everybody had a car and people walked to church this was a a satellite church from first baptist west point Mm -hmm. 
that that was um, that was started to for this community to make it convenient. And so it. they they were going to name it the uh, Pines on the Hill mm -hmm. or something like that because it's yeah. on a hill and there was pines. But they decided to name it after the reed. So for a long time it had an apostrophe in it. But when I came 16 years ago, I took the apostrophe out of it. And uh, because the reeds on the church, it's not God's house. Right. Um, now, but here's the thing. There's a lot of people that go, oh, my great-granddaddy started that church, and my granddaddy started that church, and my whatever started, started that church. And we and um, so I think in the back of their mind, they think because their family started it, it was named after their family, they're going to heaven. Yeah. And they've all, and, and also that that's the, the church has always been a, a family church over the last sixteen years. It has broadened to to bringing people in that are not part of the the one of the four families that started this church. Yeah, there was four families that started it, and and I'm not, I, I'll be honest with you, I'm not gonna give them credit right now. I unfortunately, gave the Reeds the credit because they the the church name, but but. I'm, but here's the thing. Over time, we've changed it from being a family church that's going to get people to heaven because they they go to church where their family started it to this is God's church. So this is what we do as human beings. We try to take our own effort and, and convert it, that mm -hmm. and think that God's going to be happy with us because we've reinterpreted what the Word says. Yes. Very we, good explanation. We've taken it and trying to, trying to form it to our own image instead mm -hmm. of it being formed. Oh, that's good. God. Yeah. We and we some so often we take good stuff too, John. I mean, yeah, oh, really, yeah, I mean, yeah, like yeah. taking the take, taking the church and going, oh, we're building a church. But we turn around. But there's people that truly believe because they built this church and they did it, and 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 it's been here for over a hundred years um, that they're going to heaven. And there's yeah. probably a lot of people buried out in our cemetery that's in hell right now because they thought because they were a part of the family that started the church they they were going to heaven. Well, you you know how to get somebody to believe a lie, don't you? Same enough. Keep no, going. no. You you feed them ninety eight percent truth. That's true. Yes. Listen. Yes. How, how do you how do you get a dog to take medicine that he don't want to take? You put it in his food. Mm hmm. You know, rat poison. Rat poison is ninety nine percent good. Oh yeah. And. Go go next time somebody's at the store. Next time at the store, go buy the rat poison, and it's anywhere from ninety five to ninety nine percent good food, and it's and and arsenic is one percent. How do you to one to five percent? And the reason why is because exactly what you said. Give them the good stuff. Give them mostly good, but get that's the devil lied to, to, to Eve in the garden with, with just simple. You're not going to die. What he would say, you're not going to die right now, but you're going to die eventually. But he was talking about right in the second. Yeah, yes. Yeah. You go to fast forward to Matthew chapter 4 when he took Jesus up in the wilderness. If you look at it, he and Jesus both were quoting scriptures. The devil only part, quoted part of it. Part of it. That's exactly God, Jesus right. Jesus quoted it all. That's exactly right. That's good stuff. And that's what we that's what we do as Christians. That's what we do in our churches. We just... We try to form it to us. Yes. Like you formed catfish bait around the hook. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you're right. That's um, good, though, John. And that's what, oh, this, I mean, the, the fact that our churches have, and, and there's, 
you wonder why there's not true worship anymore, but but it's because people are doing that they're more content content with doing what they're doing than they are with doing what God says do. That's right. That's right. Uh, well, we're running out of time, so we're going to wrap it up now. Since I didn't pray at the beginning, I'm going to let Jeff off the hook because he's already done it today. So <laughs> <laughs> you notice I put that hook in there. There you go. There you go. Oh. Uh, we we appreciate you listening. We hope you we hope it causes you to pick your Bible up when you find words like perish and, and look in God's word because if you don't eat the bread, the bread's not gonna do you any good. That's right. Absolutely. So so let's pray and we'll let you guys go. Father, thank you for this day and I, I thank you for the time we have together and I mm-hmm. thank you for the fact that you, that you have given Jeff and I such a rapport between us. It, and, and you know that our brains kind of work together because we just bounce off of everything. And I hope at some point in time that somebody will grab on to something we say and open their Bibles and begin to look at your word and try to find the truth of the Scripture, not the truth of what some other man says is Scripture. Father, go with us through the rest of the day. Keep us safe and help us to realize that even though we're coming out of, of, of this thing that everybody's been panicking over, there is not one second, not one nanosecond, not one millisecond, what not one nasty second of what's been going on through all of this that you don't know about. That's right. These things I thank you for and these things I pray and I praise you for because you're in control of them. And I I thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.